0: On this week's episode, Dr. Strange conjures up some big dollars, Halo goes off the rails, and what's the future for Moon Knight? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, and if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever. It takes to go ahead and support us right here at the pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football game source pop cosmos.com pop culture cosmos on facebook because we're the number one tabletop rpg streamer on facebook and we've got a ton of tabletop rpg games each and every week for you plus if you could go ahead and support humanic media and everything that we do including all the great stuff again at popculturecosmos.com. it is sincerely Appreciate it. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our own conjurer of sorcery in the multiverse. The pop culture cosmos multiverse, of course. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, Humanican Media with his great shows, Topic Ocalypse, and the Super BS Games cast that are on file. And you can go ahead and check out all the back episodes wherever you get your podcasts. plus his amazing book congratulations you suck it is my good friend it is josh peterson what's up man
1: what's up and happy mother's day to all of the mothers out there i know you'll be hearing this after mother's day but absolutely the thought remains the same
0: yes happy mother's day indeed i know you and i've been called mothers on the show on more than one occasion so I do want to mention that if you got a chance this past weekend in this all this action with Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, and all the stuff that went on during the course of the weekend, the end of Moon Knight, and also as well, Halo continuing the debut of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which I will say, I get, to get a chance to see it, it is one of the best Star Trek debut episodes ever, so please go ahead and check it out. That's Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I do want to mention, it was Free Comic Book Day this past weekend. And I'll bet you, if you did get a chance to go, which unfortunately, our comic book man didn't get a chance to go this year, there's still probably a lot of free comic books that you can get at your local comic book store.
1: Our local comic book store has, they always have like these spinning racks, all the leftover stuff from Free Comic Book Day. They always pop up on there. So I'm definitely going to try to grab some. What do you got here? So we got Marvel Voices...
0: Well, I only got a limited amount. I could only get six. So I got Bloodborne based off the video game.
1: Oh, nice. I wonder if yes. that means they're getting ready to explore that world a little more.
0: Maybe, maybe. Because, you know, they got to do everything now in comic books. Sonic the Hedgehog for one of my daughters. She's actually away at Washington, D.C. Visiting that right now. So getting got that for her. Spider-Man and Venom. Always a good thing when you get those two together. Because I know Sony wants to eventually make a billion dollars from it. And then you've got well as long as tom holland's there marvel judgment day there and dark crisis from the dc cannot yeah, forget yes, dc of yes of course yes yeah. so, so some decent stuff there you know free comic books obviously they want to get you to go make sure that you're there year round for all the great action of comic books but yeah if you get didn't get if you didn't get a chance to go please go ahead and check out your local comic book store today you'll be glad you did i'm sure there's a lot of leftovers i'm pretty yeah. sure
1: You know, I've learned here as like a parent of three young ones, finding time to go to the comic book store. It's not as relaxing a hobby as it used to be. You know, I used to go in there and be able to browse, not have to tell kids to stop touching things, stop running around. Yes, I will get there. I would love to. I miss comic books.
0: Well, actually, I wasn't planning to go, but my older daughter, who is still here in Las Vegas right now, She asked me to go, and it reminded me of the days where my girls were very excited to go and check out each and every year free comic book day. So I was excited to go ahead and relive those memories, and we actually went there and had a good time. So please go ahead and enjoy yourself, if you can, at the comic book store. and Go ahead and pick up some, I'm sure, extra free comic books today at the comic book store of your choice. But we've got a great episode on tap. It's a spoilerific episode spoilers coming right at you through the entire episode because we're going to be talking a whole bunch of spoilers when it concerns Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We are going to go ahead and share our thoughts. I already shared a non-spoilerific review of Doctor Strange on the Friday show so if you didn't get to see it yet I'm going to ask you to go ahead and put this on pause this episode and you can go ahead and check it out later. You can go ahead and check out my thoughts on the movie itself in a non-spoiler fashion on the friday show the pc multiverse with melinda barkhouse ross plus we're also gonna be talking spoilers on halo episode 7 oh my gosh and it went down to a place that josh did not want it to go uh... yes absolutely so we'll be talking about that we'll also be talking about moon knight the series and the final episode great performances especially by oscar isaac But did the series go where I wanted to go and did it do everything I needed to do personally as an MCU fan? And what Josh thinks about it as well, he's going to share some thoughts and I'm going to share some thoughts on Moon Knight as well. But first, my friend, it is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The latest box office results have it a big win for Marvel in the expected range Where most analysts predicted between 175 to 200 million, it's going to fall right around 185 to 190 million dollars domestically and 400 million dollars worldwide. So it's great news for Marvel, which last year, because of the limited and fractured and pandemic ridden box office results, didn't make quite what they made from any of the films last year. So great news for Marvel as far as on the money side. But it was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And before I share again my thoughts on the movie itself, like I did on Friday, in a more detailed now and spoilerific fashion, I want to hear your spoiler thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
1: I have a lot of mixed feelings on this one. It seemed like a really weird place to go, and I guess Sam is the right guy for it. But I, there's just something that didn't sit well with me, having Scarlet Witch as the bad guy. It seems like there's some continuity issues because in the end of WandaVision, she kind of didn't so much as come to terms, but there's a, a peaceful ending to that show, you know, and she had pushed away the darkness. Like, she didn't let it get into her. And then all of a sudden we fast forward. Yes, I'm searching for America Chavez so I can go to these other dimensions and I will kill all of these monks just to get what I want. Marvel has always done a great job of setting their own rules you know setting rules for characters and worlds and this kind of broke those rules it just didn't sit well with me
0: well her obsession for finding her kids quote unquote you know the kids that she conjured up yeah in WandaVision that's Billy and Tommy that's what really drove her obsession and that's what's really is driving her obsession throughout this film so I think that's what really has come to play. They're saying that it's given her that madness as far as driving what she's doing throughout the entire film.
1: Right, but it just didn't make sense with what happened at the end of WandaVision. You know, like yeah. there was, like I said, it wasn't like a, a super peaceful ending, but there was a realization like, oh, how could I do these things to these people, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden she's like insane out of her mind in this. I don't know, it just, it, it didn't make sense with how her character was developed.
0: Sam Raimi, camera style yeah
1: absolutely and this is why this is you know i was telling my wife too i was saying this is i see why scott derrickson stepped away from this one because this version of doctor strange like did not fall anywhere in line with what he had originally created in the first one so i totally see why he stepped away from this one
0: yeah
1: villain aside the movie was okay like it's it's not my top five it's not my favorite i didn't hate it and There was a lot of interesting stuff done. Like, I love the mixing of sorcery and witchcraft. Like, you see these different corners of the MCU coming together. America Chavez, I was always, I was always, like, thought to myself when I saw her in comic books. I'm like, "Ah, that's kind of a stupid power. But then, like, seeing her come to life on the screen, I'm like, okay, she was pretty cool. Really enjoyed seeing the Illuminati. I did not so much, like, it was weird. Because they didn't really clarify, like, the Illuminati are dead now. So, what does that leave? In that universe. In that universe. But they didn't specify whether they were all lived in that universe or if they were from,
0: well, except for Baron Mordo, Baron Mordo lived. He's just like trapped somewhere down. I yeah. guess where after he bought Dr. Strange for like two minutes, you know, you know, like right. a fisticuffs master for guys who were spell casters. Yeah. So figure that one out. Yeah. That was an interesting one.
1: Anyways, yeah. they didn't really like clarify, like, did these, all these characters come from different universes or are they all from the same one? This is just their version of that. Because it would have been really cool to see an incorporation of the X Men coming into this, you know. And I loved how they name dropped, like, "Oh, you're from Universe Six One Six or whatever one they're in," because that was really cool. Really loved John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic, like that was surprisingly well done to me
0: for all of four minutes in, into all the own, minutes. Yeah. yeah
1: overall though like it was it was an okay movie like i love the zombie dr strange like i really love the cape made out of the corpse thing
0: that and captain carter make what if worth watching remember a year ago i was saying why are we going to need to watch what if we now have justification on seeing what if and why it takes place between captain carter and the zombie dr strange so that's a Good sign right there that you were rewarded for doing that, which we'll talk about when it comes to Moon Knight, about being rewarded for watching it. We'll talk about that later on. But the Illuminati, I just want to go ahead, that appeared in the movie, which most of them were killed off, was almost like a Star Trek reunion as well. And a surprise, I think, for some in one case, was, like you said, the internet favorite, Reed Richards, hopefully in a Fantastic Four movie, John Krasinski. I'm sure it's fan service for the internet, but will it lead to something bigger in a Fantastic Four movie? I'm not so sure. They may cast a different actor, but yeah. your thoughts on that?
1: It's already in production. So, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to get him to play that character. So, my wife brought up an interesting point, too, as we walked out of the movie. She said, all these characters have doppelgangers in different universes. They're played by the same person. So, why is it that the Spider-Men are different? There's some plot holes there that i'm sure will be addressed at some point but
0: well baron mordo in this universe as far as 838 yeah it? yeah it's weird because you get to see him but you don't see the mordo that was on a mission to go ahead and destroy all witchcraft in the 616 universe at the end of the first dr strange movie there's no part of where he was at in this movie so kind yeah. of left that part out of it i was very disappointed on that and but the Illuminati, just to let everyone know, was Baron Mordo, Professor X, a.k.a. Patrick Stewart from the X-Men movies. Also yeah. as well, Black Bolt, which is Anson Mount from Star Trek Strange New Worlds from the Inhuman series on ABC that lasted a year, which everybody thought was awful. So it was great to see that even justified as far as... Yeah,
1: well, they incorporated it because I thought that they were trying to get rid of that. Like that was supposed to be...
0: Swept under the rug. It never happened. But I guess it did happen. Absolutely. It's funny because you had the ending of Star Trek Picard season two last week. And then you also had the debut of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And both of those lead actors are in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Should have been wearing some Star Trek t-shirts while they were there. Then they also had... Captain Carter, Hayley Atwell reprised that role from the animated What If. And then you had John Krasinski as well. So, yeah, that was your Illuminati. I thought that was pretty they, uh,
1: cool. really cut her screen time in half, if you know what I mean.
0: Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> with her, the way she ended up getting sliced and diced at the end there. So, yeah, it was okay for me. I believe you're right in your assessment. It's okay. It's not going to be anywhere near my top five. But it wasn't a total dud for me. It was it was yeah. an okay movie.
1: It was just very dark. Like I won't be showing my kids this one for a while. But no, it was, it was a very dark movie. Uh,
0: not as many jump scares as we were led to believe. I think yeah. because the PG-13 rating prevents it from really doing too much of that. But there was two jump scares, and then that's pretty much it. I think that people will go ah over. But you're right. It is not for the kids. I think maybe early teens, I think, can get through it fine. But outside of that, anything younger might be, eh, might not be the greatest thing for them. I would probably advise against it for now. So, Or maybe watching it on the TV. Things aren't usually as scary when you watch them on the TV. It just seems yeah. that way. But I think overall, it's an okay film. I think it did what it needed to do as far as advancing Doctor Strange it does have and the cutscenes I think when it comes down to it after everything is said and done when Doctor Strange goes ahead and finds a way using the dark hold to go ahead and defeat Wanda Maximoff aka the Scarlet Witch's evil plans to try and jump dimensions and use the power from America Chavez to do so as what was intimated to him by another Doctor Strange Once you start reading the Darkhold, it'll never let go of you. And at the very end, you do see him get the power of the Darkhold, whether he likes it or not, with the third eye. But at the very end, can you go ahead and just let us know about the most important, not the Bruce Campbell end credit scene, because that was just a Sam Raimi treat there for you, if you're a Sam Raimi fan. But tell us about the final end credit scene that might lead us into what happens into the future of Doctor Strange
1: so charlize theron shows up and says yep. like hey we need to go fix the multiverse but she comes out of like the, the Dormammu one the Dormammu realm and her and dr strange eventually get married clea yeah clea
0: strange
1: yeah so they eventually get married which i guess is fitting because like he
0: well it's clea right now but she, when clea, she gets married like you say clea strange
1: yeah So I and I guess that's kind of fitting because he had talked about like, oh, hey, you know, I would definitely give my life to somebody and have that companionship. And he's talking to Rachel McAdams and all that. But
0: and he realizes his mistakes as far as what Mm -hmm. went on with his relationship with her because he loses her in every single universe. Clea, who becomes in the comic books, Clea Strange popping out, already knowing who Doctor Strange is, not caring that he has a third eye that he has gotten from reading The Dark Hold, They go into the dimension where Dormammu was at, looking for probably a rematch against Doctor Strange because of already something that he did previously. So I ask you, Josh, before we go ahead and head to the break on what's going on, do you like where Doctor Strange is being set up for the future?
1: this definitely changed everything i knew about the character as he exists in the mcu would i watch more yeah i don't know it's almost like jolting though some of the multiverse stuff and i have a feeling that he's going to be forever tied to the multiverse in the mcu you know now he's got the eye of agmato in his forehead and so that's something that i'm curious how that's going to play out how is that going to work because that essentially gives him the ability to control time so are we gonna see like the time variant showing up, you know, like they did in Loki? And how are all these things gonna be tied together? His storyline is expanding the MCU in directions that it's never gone before, but at what point is it gonna become too big?
0: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials?
2: You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. we have never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Ugh. Jock and Nerd.
0: And the idea is trying to always cater to a general fan to make sure that they understand and can follow what's going on. I think it's getting to the point where it's dangerously on a thin line Mm -hmm. for where MCU fans and people that are comic book fans can easily follow still. But for general fans who don't watch every single Marvel movie, it's going to be harder and harder for them to continue what's going on because that's the thing you worry about alienating those viewers. And that's the bulk of your audience. The bulk of the audience is not us that already know what's going on in the MCU. The bulk of the audience is just the general person who's seen five or 10 or 15 of the 20 some odd Marvel movies. They haven't seen everything. They don't know everything that's going on. So they just, yeah. they just come around every once in a while or pick the ones that they like. Mm-hmm. And it's those individuals, it's going to become harder and harder to keep up with what's going on in the MCU.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's getting to the point where it doesn't, you know, like you said, it doesn't really cater to casual fans anymore. And like having people like the Illuminati show, of, you know, if you've never read a comic book or seen any of the other films, like you'd be completely lost there. Yeah. But I do appreciate the nod.
0: Yeah, I do appreciate the nod, Nadine. But what didn't work for you in this film? Anything that really stood out to you? I mean, for me, it was just the fact that I thought that it got convoluted during the middle. I think it got a little bit messy as far as what it was trying to do and what it was trying to go ahead and and correlate out there. Just They added in some stuff right around the time of where they jumped universes into the universe with the illuminati and all that where they didn't get a chance to go ahead and flesh out the illuminati as much as i think that they could have because of the fact that they either shortened the run time a little bit too much or they just put too much in the middle that left the illuminati out in the cold so to speak because the illuminati just didn't their appearance was just kind of almost underwhelming because they were gone within a matter of minutes
1: yeah that so that. You know, you're right. They didn't really get a chance to get fleshed out there. They didn't really explore, like, what happened between Rachel and Doctor Strange, you know? And I know it probably has something to do with him, like, turning to dust.
0: Well, the previous Doctor Strange. The Doctor Strange in that multiple. No,
1: no, no. I'm talking about the Doctor Strange in the mainline MCU. Like, they didn't oh, get, the really get a chance to, like, you know, talk about what happened with him. America Chavez, like, I would have liked to know more about her character, Obviously, we see her with that version of Doctor Strange and we see a little bit about her parents, but we don't really know like where her powers came from. You know, what is it that makes her special besides her ability to travel the multiverse? Was she looking for her parents? We don't know. You know, that, that was a lot of those were some storylines that I felt need to be explored more. Like I said before, the Wanda being as far down the dark path as she was, that didn't make sense to me why did they kill doctor strange in the uh, illuminati's universe that didn't make sense to me where did the dark hold come from that was something then they always talk about the book of Vishanti. like what does that do like it got burned up so what does that do for people who does it help like what was the point of all that there's a lot of loose threads and that's because with the multiverse they have so many threads out there i don't think they realize which ones that they had left untied yeah,
0: and again, I told you like from the first film where Trueto Yoshofor's character, Mordo, in that universe, in the 616, the regular MCU universe, at the very end, he went on a mission to go ahead and get rid of witchcraft, which was leading you to think it was going to be a confrontation between him and the MCU's yeah. Doctor Strange. That never happened because he never even showed up in this film baron mordo in this other universe showed up yes they did have a little bit of a fist fight which was again kind of funny considering that both are supposed to be masters of the mystic arts Yeah, you know it was just kind of funny but okay they're going to have a fist fight all right but it was not the same it just didn't give you what it was supposed to represent from the first film so i'm wondering if he'll show up back in the next dr strange film as the mcu's mortal so i don't know it just that part of it just seemed to be a little bit lacking as well so again for me it was okay it was just the visual art style seeing sam raimi's imprint i mean his visual art style is very distinct you can tell a sam raimi movie just by watching it for a few minutes and it's really distinct also, as well, I do want to mention the score, which was just outstanding. Guess who did it, my friend?
1: Danny Elfman.
0: Danny Elfman, indeed. Oingo Boingo in the house. Yeah, Danny Elfman did a fantastic job, including at the end, where there's a musical battle between mm-hmm. Doctor Strange's throwing literal musical notes at each other and it's sounding off. And that was very clever. And that was very unique. And that I enjoyed. And I thought that was really good. But the score by... Danny Elfman obviously it's got to be good because he's one of the best out there doing it but overall I think it was okay experience for me. I haven't placed it yet on my article that you can find at popculturecosmos.com. I'll probably be updating it this week on where I think it'll land. Have a hard time figuring out where I want to put it. It's going to be somewhere It's going to be somewhere in 10 to 20, I think, maybe. Yeah, that is think.
1: It's not one that I'm in a hurry to watch again.
0: Yeah, exactly. Same here. I'll probably watch it when it goes to Disney+, Plus, but I'm not going to go out into theaters and watch it unless the rest of my family wants to go ahead and see it. So we'll see what happens there. But we want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Please share your thoughts with us. Spoilerific, non-spoilerific, whatever you want to do there. cosmos at Yahoo.com. But the big news, I think, when it comes to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is, my friend, that it earned a lot of money at the box office. It didn't seem like it was going to be, for me, something that was going to generate $200-plus It's not going to be, when all is said and done, I think, going to end up making us anywhere near what Spider-Man No Way Home is going to make. Because I don't think Doctor Strange is the ultimate in box office champions that i think everybody's going to go ahead and check out and see but he is good enough to go ahead and drive a first weekend of may blockbuster like this and i think that 185 million dollars domestically and 400 million dollars start worldwide i think that's a great note for doctor strange i think that's about the maximum amount you're going to get from a doctor strange movie
1: yeah yeah i mean and that's it's it's worth watching it's definitely worth watching, but yeah it'll be interesting to see if it's able to keep this momentum going you know i had actually heard too that they were supposed to play a trailer for avatar during doctor strange and i never it never showed up in my theater did you yep it wasn't in my theater was how was the trailer was it cool you've talked about
0: this i'm not a big fan of the avatar movie i'm just telling you right now but i am going to go see it because my family is and it showed you a Different side of of the planet just showed you different side of the Na'vi. It was beautiful, as always. It was blue, as always, you know, because the Na'vi are blue. And it was really cool. But did it wow you? no because we've already seen it just seems like a little bit higher res version of what you saw in 2009 right yeah Yeah, so
1: a long time ago yeah
0: so it's really not like huge leaps and bounds you know my gosh i gotta go see it type of trailer just showed you what they were doing and how life has evolved on that planet since then them working with humans Then you have this one evil-looking Navi that I think is probably like Jake is a human that became a Navi that now looks like he's going to be doing some evil things. Just gave you a little hints of that. I hope Stephen Lang's in the film again because Stephen Lang actually was the only saving grace for me in Avatar, and I will say that until the day I die. That was the only reason for me to actually watch the film and watch the film again because I know we're going to have to watch the film again. It's actually being... Put out there on theaters, again, the original Avatar in September, so look out for that. Unfortunately, it's going to distance itself even more as the number one movie worldwide over Avengers Endgame, which, again, makes me very sad.
1: <laughs> I know. They're, they're cheating, though. They're cheaters in this case.
0: It resonates more worldwide than Avengers Endgame. I'm sorry. It's ultimately never going to be beaten on that realm because it just resonates. The Navi and Avatar, it just resonates worldwide more. Have
1: yeah. James Cameron, he's having such a hard time just letting it go. Just let yeah. it go, man.
0: Well, Avatar 2, 3, 9, 15, 20, and he's making all of them. So right now, Avatar 2 is coming out later this year. At, well, if you're in the right theater, I guess you did get a look at it. So if you have thoughts on Avatar, The Way of Water, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Yeah. we well, coming up next. It is Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. He's going to drop his knowledge on what he thought of Moon Knight and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness then on the back end Josh and I are going to be talking Moon Knight Halo and maybe a little bit more after that as well this is the Pop Culture Cosmos But well, we're not alone, we've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and of course our action figure spotlight, so check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. So let me get this straight, we're going to play a like a video game together or... Well a... not exactly. Okay fine. W- where's the controller? Uh, that's It's it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you're... Well, here, you're going to need these two. Dice? You've just had. Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's
1: more than one kind of vampire. (laughs) Oh,
0: my friend. You have no idea. There's an Osvarato. There's Vampires in Vitae, an actual play podcast, season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glass. We're coming right back at you here. I had to get in some quick thoughts with a good friend who knows the MCU all too well. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the MCU's Bleeding Edge. It is Mr. True Knowledge himself, Jeff Sobota. Jeff, I know you just finished your show. I know you got a chance to watch Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness today. What are your general thoughts so we could go ahead and hear the kind of true knowledge you're willing to drop?
2: Well, it was a, uh, a great start for the MCU. Things started off very well. And the film was very well done. It was very entertaining. It had great pace. Good story. Overall, I can't really think about anything about it that I would find at all anything but positive. Overall, just just a really well done film. I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. Glad to hear that you actually have some
0: good thoughts about it. Your thoughts on exactly how this sets up the MCU
2: for the future, which I think is another key question coming out of the film. I feel like... Honestly, Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige, I don't think that they really as much as you might think, I don't think they viewed this film as a major vehicle in terms of conveying anything really directly connect, you know, from a connectivity standpoint to the future of Marvel, to the future of like phase 5 for instance, right? I feel kind of like the movie was very isolated in itself, right? It is very it was a very self-sustained story. The end credit scene ties directly to like what I guess would be Doctor Strange 3. Yeah. It was still good, right? It was exciting. Charlie's Theron, great grab for Kevin Feige at Marvel Studios, I think. I don't know what, you know, what your thoughts would be, but... Oh, she's I, a terrific
0: actress. Absolutely terrific.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that she's a great addition. And once again, I think that, I guess, kind of like proves that what it boils down to. Actors and actresses out there seem very optimistic and seem very happy to want to join up with what Marvel studios is doing
0: yeah well i'll tell you what those are some great thoughts indeed once again it's jeff salvato from the mcu's bleeding edge before we head on out my friend and i know again i appreciate you coming in for some quick thoughts on it and definitely some good thoughts indeed i want to get a chance to go ahead maybe down the line and be able to hear some more detailed thoughts on that for you Moon Knight just ended its run season one with a appearance by Jake Lockley there at the very end, taking out whatever's left of Ethan Hawke and also the God he was trying to go ahead and bring to life and Amit, your thoughts on the series itself and the fact that it really doesn't tie as of now itself much to the MCU.
2: Well, you know what? I hate to be in this position and whatnot and everything, but I have to just be honest here and just put out my real thoughts and, I'm very, like, let down by the series itself overall. I felt like it was inconsistent, and I felt like I don't like the direction that they took it with, with the story. It was not the Moonlight Disney Plus series I wanted, personally, as a fan. And I feel like I don't want to say at all that Oscar Isaac's outstanding acting performance or anything was wasted, because I don't believe that that's a fact. But I do believe that, overall... This could have been a better series. It could have been a a more entertaining and impactful series. They could have still done the mental health stuff. They could have still got into the psychological thriller type genre and whatnot that they wanted to go into. But at the end of the day, right, we all had the concerns before the series came out about, okay, are we going to get a, a comic book accurate Mark Spector Moon Knight where there's going to be graphic violence to some extent? There's going to be some brutality. There's going to be killing. Things of that nature. We all had concerns, right? And overall, they ended up being founded. Because at the end of the day, this was Moonlight Light. It was. And honestly, I was very disappointed with where the series went. With Episode 5 and 6 specifically, I was let down. And I felt like the finale was a complete, uneventful, just not very well done finale honestly out of all the disney plus series that i've seen it was actually worse than the hawkeye finale the hawkeye finale was better i think it was probably the worst finale i've seen out of any of disney plus shows including what if there's the thoughts
0: right there from jeff sabota from the mcu's bleeding edge before we head on out let everybody know what you got in store for viewers and listeners of the mcu's bleeding edge
2: well, just the same old, same old, what we do consistently, and that is provide what we hope to be informative and fun and entertaining and sometimes funny and a little bit maybe adult-themed at times. Maybe not so much for kids here and there. And just try to provide solid coverage, you know, with Marvel Studios and Marvel and, and DC occasionally and the whole fandom kind of deal. When we do three shows a week. Wednesday nights, Friday nights, Sunday nights. Very simple. 9.30 p.m. Eastern. 6 30 p.m pacific and we do all our shows live we're easy to find on youtube and twitch or on everything and overall we just really enjoy making marvel mcu content we like to talk about marvel i'm an old school marvel comic book fan that's my role in the show my co-host he sort of does more of the the film evaluation knows more about cinematography acting we have an interesting dynamic my co-host and myself we moderate in rotation So that gives us kind of a different vibe every week. And overall, I mean, Gerald, you've been on with us. We have really like solid chemistry with our people on the show. And we have really quality people that come on with us that I really enjoy recording with. And without them, there would be no show.
0: Well, definitely is a great time indeed. Anytime I stop by the MCU's Bleeding Edge. So please check it out today. You're a fan of the MCU. No better place to go than the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Jeff Sabota, Mr. True Knowledge himself. Appreciate you stopping by for some quick thoughts on, of course, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. And then also as well, Moon Knight Season 1. Will we get a Season 2? Who knows? Will Moon Knight stop by in somewhere else in the MCU? Who knows? We don't even know right now. So we'll see what happens. The next show for Marvel or the next thing on their slate is Miss Marvel that's coming up next month. So we'll see what happens there. But, Jeff? Glad you could always stop by right here.
2: That's right. That's That's right. right. And Gerald, what happens with Oscar Isaac?
0: Exactly. We don't know. It's up to him, I think. I think he can write his own checks. I think he can write his own contract. I think he can write his own scripts if he wants to, as far as Moon Knight is concerned, because I think they're very happy with his performance overall. And I think everybody out there, including Kevin Feige, would love to see him with a future in the MCU. It all depends on
2: him. Can they replace Brie Larson with him and have him be Captain Marvel?
0: that's something i don't think that they'll do
2: okay all right
0: yeah well there you go but once again it's jeff sloboda the man behind the mcu's bleeding (laughs) edge please check out mr true knowledge himself today wherever you get your podcasts jeff it's been great to have you on thank you so much for taking the quick time here to stop by to share your thoughts right here at the pop culture cosmos you're listening to the pop culture cosmos and we're back to close out the show it's the pop culture cosmos I want to thanks so much jeff Sloboda, for stopping by to catch his show the mcs bleeding edge everywhere you get your podcasts and on youtube but before we head on out my friend wanted to go ahead and talk some moon Knight. you got a chance to see the series as i did for me it was still confusing at times the plot and the way it drives forward and the Final battles between Ahmed and everything that went on. Yeah, once Ahmed was risen up again by Ethan Hawke, I think that it was okay for what it was. But this series is driven by Oscar Isaac and his different personalities. Let's face it, my friend. That's the only reason you really want to watch this show. I am sad that it didn't push anything or didn't relate itself in any way, shape, or form to the MCU. If he never appears again in the series, I had mentioned before that I thought this was an introduction for everybody, for him, for his future in the MCU. If there is no future for him in the MCU, this to me is very disappointing because I thought the What If series would be a a series that you didn't need to check out because it had no ties to the MCU. This may ultimately become something that you don't need to watch because it has no ties to the MCU Uh, Seemingly right now, I'm hoping that will change, but it's very unclear that there's gonna be a season two. It's very unclear if Oscar Isaac is actually gonna commit to the role again. It's very unclear if Moon Knight will ever appear again in some form or fashion on a Marvel television or film series.
1: So Marvel's contracts have always involved like, hey, you need to do so many projects. so So I imagine we will see him in a movie at some point.
0: They've actually shortened that process they won't tie anybody to long-term contracts now
1: yeah i realize that but they wouldn't just say like oh hey we're gonna make this six episode series of moon Knight just for fun you know it's not gonna have any implication or any anything else yeah i'm hoping not too but you know you look at he's in marvel's dark suns is it dark suns or black suns something like that where he's like teams up with
0: dark uh, avengers
1: yeah he teams up with iron man and blade and the ebony knight and all that so i feel like we're gonna see that come to fruition at some point especially with if you saw the end credit scene in eternals it showed kit harrington's ebony knight and you hear blade's voice in the background so i feel like that's just a matter of time until that happens as for oscar isaac like people really loved the show you know it was all over the place as far yeah. as like Quality wise, but people really loved it. And I love the character of Steven. I thought he was funny. You know, I know they're trying to settle like, are we gonna be a serious show or funny? I think they kind of blended the things pretty well. I think they spent too much time in his head, though, you know, in that episode where he died, I thought that that was a little too much. The show seemed to focus more on Mark Spector and Steven. Let's see, what's his last name in this one? Steven Grant.
0: This is dynamic.
1: Steven Grant, yeah, as opposed to, like, showing Moon Knight. You know, that was, I guess, my one big B for a show titled Moon Knight. Other than that, though, like, the last episode had its ups and downs. Like, they had kind of, like, taken it from something that's more meta to like oh it's just going to end this in a brawl you know they, they kind of went the cheap marvel way out as opposed to like kind of making it a little more interesting and i guess that's what kind of like it was a mountain for me i think that the climax was episode four and then it slowly started descending
0: did you actually care about the battles between the egyptian gods Kanshu and amit in this i didn't actually care at all it it didn't add anything to me it's because ultimately we saw Ahmet defeated. He got trapped into the body of Ethan Hawke's character. And now it's a situation where, oh my gosh, worried about him being released. But at the very end, in the end credits scene, after we thought his body was released by Khonshu, it turns out Jake Lockley was the ultimate killer all along. Not Mark Spector, not Stephen Grant. But anytime he blacked out and couldn't explain it, it was Jake Lockley he spoke a foreign language and he actually ended up being the killer doing the dirty deed on Ethan Hawke's character and thus getting rid of Ahmet entirely in that limo at the very end of the end credit scene. And then you had Layla during this process, Layla who is Mark Spector's wife accepting the, to be the avatar of Tarotet. Tarotet is the, the hippo goddess of the underworld and she guides people through the underworld. And she became out of necessity, a a winged character avatar for, which was pretty
1: cool. You know, it was, it was pretty neat,
0: but it was funny because my daughter was saying, okay, well, if you're supposed to be the avatar of a hippo, how do you get wings?
1: She made that joke though. She was like, well, she had her, I think her necklace had like wings on or something, but she made that joke where she's like, I have a really cool costume. You know, and I think that that was, kind of their excuse for being like, oh, let's make it nothing to do with the hippo. We'll just make her like a like a bird.
0: But let me ask you this. I mean, if it turns out that five years down the line you're still not seeing anything of Moon Knight in the rest of the MCU, what does that say about this series? Because to me it would be a great disappointment. One of the things I've always said on this show is I've loved my time watching the MCU because I feel as even though we've seen some bad stuff in the MCU, I always feel that I've been rewarded for my investment and time in the MCU because of the fact that they've always tied even ever so loosely into each other. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I understand why some properties didn't get as much love as others, but yeah, they have done a good job of like, even the stuff that wasn't so good, they reward you for watching it. Moon Knight. And I, it's such an obscure character that I don't think they would have wasted time or money putting that series together unless there was a greater purpose for moon knight's existence
0: okay there was a couple of mcu tie-ins that the executive producer nixed including a camille nanjani poster or commercial for one of his films bollywood films and whatnot that he did not want in there and something else that could have tied into the MCU.
1: echo they're trying to have echo to be a yeah. love interest Because I haven't watched Hawkeye. That is supposed to be Echo, right? The archer is Echo, the girl.
0: Well, no, she's not an archer. Echo is an assassin of the Kingpin, although she didn't really know at the time as far as what was going on with the Kingpin and how evil he was. And at the very end, she turns on him, and that obviously sets up the parameter for her series on Disney Plus down the road. Okay,
1: all right. Watch
0: Hawkeye. It's the best MCU series ever on television.
1: I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's been a slow catch up for me on all these shows. All right. Well, Hawkeye is, to me, the best.
0: I think it was a better structured series. But the reason why this series still gets a thumbs up for me and from everybody else is the brilliant performance of Oscar Isaac. Whether you like or dislike his British accent, the performance, the emotion that it conveys, the reasons and the motivations for the existence of these other characters in his life like you said that episode that very emotional episode on how you find out what's going on in his life I think that it tells you that they can do some good things in the MCU and Marvel really emotional impactful stories when they want to and that's what I like the best about this show
1: yeah no I absolutely agree they did a good job of like offering something that was un- relatively unknown for the MCU, like a different sure. type of mythology, different type of story. So that just goes to show like they are still trying to cater to people who don't necessarily love all of the superhero business.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. But
0: we want to hear your thoughts out there on Moon Knight season one. Hopefully there'll be a season two. Hopefully there'll be something to extend it into the MCU because yeah. I'm, really right now on the fence on whether or not i feel that i invested my time wisely in watching this series simply because of the fact that again if it doesn't tie itself in the mcu then why have the series there i really think it will josh thinks it will do you think that moon knight will eventually tie itself into the mcu please let us know pop culture cosmos at com.
2: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
0: Or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Before we head on out, I cannot believe of all the weeks you don't watch Halo, this is the week you don't watch. Because I would have loved a Josh Peterson rant. That's all I'm yeah,
1: saying. I really wish I would have watched it. I fully intended to. The time escapes me. But go ahead and talk about it because, like, I You if will I'm, see it though. You yeah, I, 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 I am going to watch it, and I'll like elaborate more on it. But you know, you were mentioning they kind of went down the road. I kept saying, I hope they would not.
0: Well, let me ask you this. You remember I've been talking for weeks about Tokyo Vice, which still has no sign of being approved or not approved or canceled or given a season two. And please, HBO Max, give it a season two. I think it's worth it. But you know how I was talked about, the only real issue I had was the side story about how it took up 15 to 20 minutes sometimes in an episode and a little bit more in the final episode that I thought was no more than a distraction. And I really didn't think it gave too much the overall story. And it took away from the interesting part of the story. Yeah. Remember how I talked about that, Mm -hmm. but it never took over an entire episode. They never devoted an entire episode to it. They actually still kept going on mostly the important parts of it. The investigation, the behind the scenes, the newspaper behind the scenes, the police, as far as their investigation, the betrayals, the whole nine yards when it comes to the Yakuza and the underground, they still devoted much of the series to it. With Halo, they've been doing all these different things with the Covenant and the backstory. They've been doing a lot of stuff between the UNSC. They've been doing things where they're interacting with each other. The part of the series you and I have not liked is the development of this it's, I don't even know if you could still call it insurrectionists from the game series. You really can't. But they're like rebels. They say they're yeah, rebellion. Yeah. But the rebellion's only one person, really, Quan Ha, because everybody else in the rebellion were working at this water plant, got all killed off in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And the ex-Spartan, uh, Sorn 066, they've got stuck on this planet because of certain circumstances. Well, they went out of their way in episode seven to go ahead and make sure they devote the entire episode to this storyline getting finished up, getting wrapped up. And I will just say that it's just not the way to go. You're, You're there to watch Master Chief, who doesn't even have his helmet on most of the time. You're there to see the development of how this is going on. And you see this. This is totally different from what you really wanted to see. And to me, that was a disappointment. Yes, they go ahead and they battle the other rebellion group or other insurrections group that actually wants to side with the UNSC. And that, to me, was really kind of another thing that they added in there that isn't part of the video games, which you really don't care about. And Quan Ha's storyline, that, again, gets finished off in Episode 7. I really thought it was for the worst, and I can't believe I sat through it. It was just, oh, it was bad. Best.
1: see that irritates me you know it, okay so in the games like no one cares about the insurrectionists you hear stories about them you know they briefly allude to them in halo reach in the books you know there there are almost entire books like dedicated to like ex-spartans living amongst the insurrectionists and all that but this has been my least favorite part of the show is soren and Quan. i don't know why they had to create a storyline for them i honestly don't know why they have to have so many episodes with the master chief and not like make the master chief do the things that we all know and love about the master chief. I honestly, like I, I know money, but you know, this show has already been pre-approved for a second season. It seems like there's no point. Like, it seems like this is the prologue to halo and the next season we're going to actually get halo. I also find myself not caring about a lot of the things going on in this show. And you know, like I said before, <laughs> especially the Quan and Soren stuff, I just don't care at all. And now right. I just am like, I will watch the episode, but I'm not excited about it.
0: You won't be excited about it. Again, this series, which you said the last episode was the best episode of the series, and that's not saying a whole lot because most of the episodes have been underwhelming, but this last week's episode was the best episode of the bunch. And Maybe you should get people back invested into Halo. This will take it right out of them. This will suck the life out of you, just like a balloon. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that's right now. Yeah, and next week, I guess they're going to delve more into the Covenant Lady, which is a totally made-up character in this series, and her alignment. Is she going to come back to humanity and be, be a good part of humanity once again, or is she going to still work behind the scenes for the Covenant? And I guess that's supposed to be a thrilling storyline that you're going to go ahead and delve more into master chief is certain that she can become part of humanity again and we'll see what happens there i don't know i just really am not very compelled but i am going to continue to watch it because i am still committed to video game tv series and films to going ahead and support those entities so i will continue to watch it no matter how bad it gets but after this week's episode it got really bad it wasn't bad acted that's the thing that hurts me those Quan Ha and Soren actually, the, the actors involved with what they're given actually didn't do that bad acting wise. It's just what they're given is not a whole lot and it's not really important. And it's not really entertaining.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's my big beef, too. I mean, I'm sure had they tied them into like the discovery of some forerunner artifact or like their fates are directly linked to like something the Master Chief is doing, that would have been a completely different story. But just giving them their own side story just for the sake of having it did not bode well with me or does not bode well with me. And you know, this is one of the things that always made like the original halo trilogy, such a great narrative because they were able to give you so much backstory without having to go there. You know, you can like talk to a character and they'd be like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. Or you can read something and find out all this detail about things without actually having to know anything about this character in a separate screen, I guess.
0: What are your thoughts out there on the latest episode of Halo, Episode 7? Did you find it a waste of time like I did? And Josh will find out very soon. And I know I'm probably going to get a text sometime this week telling me, oh, God, Gerald, you were right. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Enjoy, Josh. Enjoy. (laughs) Thank you. Before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and say, A special thumbs up and a thank you to everything that retro city games has done for us and say congratulations they are moving their henderson location here in the next couple months to a larger location in henderson so they're growing bigger and stronger and all props to retro city games wanted to go ahead and share that antonio and nicole and doug wanted to give them a big shout out before we head on out but speaking of video games and they're the best place to go for video games here in las vegas but speaking of video games Trek to Yomi was released last week. Nice little, interesting short samurai adventure. Very stylistic. I love the black and white feel. It reminds me of samurai movies of old. They said it's pretty shallow when it comes to the gameplay itself, so it's only getting marginally good reviews. Any interest
1: is isn't it? Yeah. Okay.
0: Any interest in playing it at all?
1: I've read some things and I've seen a little bit of gameplay. Yeah, I'd like to play it. Like right now, I've got so much stacked up in my back catalog. I don't know if I'm gonna like take time to play this one because it doesn't—it's not specifically calling to me. But I do uh, enjoy the art style. Uh, is it something you're thinking about picking up at all?
0: I guess if it goes on the cheap, but again, finding out it's not that beefy of a game outside the aesthetics, it's really going to be something that maybe I can go ahead and wait until there's a good sale on.
1: So. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: And before we head on out, the big news in the video game world last week was the Embracer Group, a capital investment firm which invests itself into video game properties, and it's got several under its banner already, purchased the Crystal Dynamics Group from Square Enix for a, I think, a bargain price of $300 million. That's all the Tomb Raider games, that's Deus Ex, that's Legacy of Kane. Some pretty good titles there, some pretty good IPs. Your thoughts on this before we head on out.
1: I've said this before. I don't think that Square is the right company to sell your company to. You know, like (laughs) we saw the way they treated IO Interactive with the Hitman Trilogy. Now we're seeing the sales of Eidos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics. Dynamics. And this is like right on the heels of the announcement of another Tomb Raider game, which was surprising to me. Because this is the same company that owns THQ Nordic and, you know, they cool. have put out a lot of kind of trashy games. So Which we I talked guess, about. Yeah, and I guess my fear here is, you know, without a parent company that is actually someone that makes video games and publishes them, that quality control is not going to be there anymore and we're going to get like cheaper versions of Tomb Raider. You know, and now, you, I mean, you look at social media, you look at technology, now is like the perfect time to put on another Deus Ex game. Anyways, all that aside, like Square sold these companies in order to focus more on blockchain games and NFTs, which has really angered a lot of people. You know, and I know that they have just made disgusting amounts of money from Final Fantasy 14, but this like interest in blockchains and NFTs, I think, is going to be to their detriment because now they've become a company that only puts out so many video games per year, two years, or three years now. Uh, it's
0: going to be interesting to see what they do with it. I agree with you. I am concerned about the future of all those properties because of the fact that the Embracer group is not a video game-centric group in mind. They're not a group that has been known or a consortium or a company that is going to be known for something that is, let's say like when Microsoft buys Activision, or find yeah. that finally goes through that they're obviously their intent is to go ahead and make good games continuously going forward i'm not sure that's going to be the same case for the embrace group and what yeah. it does for tomb raider deus ex and, and anything else going forward so i'm concerned to say the least
1: well, we're also seeing a similar situation here with ubisoft right we have a company that's looking to acquire them that is not necessarily a gaming company yeah. so that's another that's you know i find interesting we have these companies who aren't well i guess embracer group does focus on gaming but they're not like microsoft or sony or nintendo yeah
0: absolutely so we'll go ahead and keep you updated right there at the pop culture cosmos and game source on facebook but also here at the pop culture cosmos what are your thoughts out there on the embracer group purchasing crystal dynamics please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com Big shout out to Diane, who gave us a message there on the chat. Thank you so much for watching and listening to everybody who has done so. But any last thoughts before we head on out?
1: Not that I can think of. I know Bethesda and Microsoft announced a conference coming up here. So you know I'm hoping we'll hear something from Sony. There just needs to be more game releases coming out in the fall. But we'll have to see what happens with that. And, but that's it. I mean, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about later.
0: Absolutely indeed, but we do thank you always for watching us, listening to us, and catching us wherever you can right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.